Hello, and welcome to Sister Act. This is a podcast where two sisters talk about movie musicals, uh, except this week it's going to be a little bit different. But TV musicals. Yeah, <laughs> not typically, but Nick has finally broken me down. Nick wanted us to talk about every season of High School Musical, the musical, the series on this show. It's true. And I consistently was like, mm, I don't know if it's a good idea, but I felt like I couldn't say that another time. So <laughs> Also, your reasoning was defunct this time that's true because usually jackie says because we didn't binge watch it and we watched it over like a normal period of time that it wouldn't make sense to do an episode but this weekend we both we both binge, binge watched, watched it so the high school musical season three Se- season three yeah yeah uh also my name's jackie her name's nicola <laughs> But anyway, I'm afraid that this episode is going to be like uninterestingly it's be two long. Hours yeah. long and so no we one's really need to like care. breeze through this. <laughs> and also, we're talking about the third season of a show where we have not talked about the first or second. I know. We can give like a quick little. I actually don't even think you need to know that much. Here's what you need to know. Olivia Rodrigo was the main character of the show for the first two seasons. In the second season, they didn't really know what to do with her, but they not because she was too famous. In the third season, they still don't really know what to do with her. And that's clear in the first couple of episodes. But so you should just know that like she's been on her own weird path for a season. Yes. Um, and that's everything and you need to know. <laughs> she's only in the first, like... Two I episodes. think just the first and the last episode. No, she's she also the first in the two and then she's episode? in the last, yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. We're just... Yeah, we're just gonna do our best. We're just gonna have to do our best to Alrighty, move swiftly let's, through this. Let's get started. Episode one, Happy Campers. So, we've got EJ, which stands for Elton John, we learn in this <laughs> season. Um, he has just graduated and he's taking a gap year. His dad is very rich and in the previous approve. season he didn't get into Duke. Yes. He, he's a legacy kid, but not but enough. He's too stupid to, get to go to Duke. <laughs> so he wants to just like hang out with his girlfriend Gina, who they started dating at the end of the last season. And he's and he and Nini used to date and they met at, at summer camp. camp. So this everyone's going to summer camp. camp. Yeah, EJ, his girlfriend Gina, uh, his cousin Carlos, Ashlyn, his cousin Ashlyn, his cousin's friend Carlos, <laughs> and, and his cousin's friend, friend's friend, other friend, <laughs> Courtney. Courtney. It's five random students. It's two people who are dating, and then three random supporting characters from previous seasons. It's unclear. What scheduling conflicts some people had. Yes. Some characters are just not there. there are, yeah, Both there are Ashlyn and characters Carlos are in relationships. There. Their partners, their boyfriends Courtney are not coming. is also maybe in a relationship with Howie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Howie's not important anymore. He's not in the season. Yes, there were some people from another school in the last season who were, like, tangled up in these characters' lives like they were going to be characters in future seasons, but sorry to those kids, their agents had to call and say, you are not invited back. (laughs) Except one girl is in the first, like, 20 minutes of the first episode. Right. Just to, like, wrap up some loose ends, I guess. So she was, like, the villain of the second season. But then Ricky, who is played by Joshua Bassett, who is Nini's ex-boyfriend... 
um, he kind of like warmed up to her at the end of the second season and was like, hey, you know, like, I'll give you a second chance. Then they're kind of like dating. But so so he's um, not going to camp because he's hanging out with his girlfriend. His teacher is dating to... his dad. They are going on a cruise. <laughs> he is not invited. He's going on vacation with this girl's family because th- this girl's family cares about him more than his own parents. We do not see his parents at all this season, which is just interesting because in previous seasons, the, the, he was like his sort of character. Or, or, he's been dealing with his parents' divorce, and now his parents are like we don't care about you and he's like you know what that's fine i'm just gonna he's dating this girl he finds out that this girl had sabotaged him in the previous season so then he's like oh my god i'm not gonna go on vacation with you and your family he just drives himself to camp he's like i have no one in the world who cares enough about me i'll just sing a little song and go to camp i don't know i did find the full list of songs with episodes on the wiki so i don't know if we want to talk about songs at all sure at the beginning they said what time is it yeah from high school musical party mashup um they're just like driving to camp it's not like super visually interesting yeah that's the five the, the group of five that's going to camp joyfully sings a little mashup then later in the episode, Joshua Bassett drives himself also to camp. Sad. Sings a song <laughs> while driving to camp, and that song is an original song called "Finally Free." It was fine. Um, the original music this season is definitely some of the worst original music in the series, but it's fine. Yeah, I feel like the original music in the second season wasn't like particularly that's actually true i couldn't even tell you what any of it was yeah there was that song that was like i'm a rose (laughs) yeah that terrible song and then there was a song where they both left voicemails for each other at the same time but i don't remember how it went at all okay anyway we the other musical number that happens in happy campers is that we meet this girl her name is maddox she loves camp that's her whole deal she's like i'm so obsessed with camp i love camp i'm friends with ej everybody loves me at camp and she sings the camp song that's like at shallow lake we are at camp or whatever i don't know <laughs> and everyone's having I a good time i don't remember how it went yeah it does have like like this episode it's just like the group arrives at camp and everyone's like excited for their summer and the camp they kids are just like intense their, uh, about camp yeah they get their and it's it captures accurately how and it like, seems like this is going to be courtney's whole story arc for the whole season and thank god it's not just like that she's misses her phone and her phone is, is named sasha um yes but also i think that she was projecting her love for her phone but it, I, i'm not talking in the right order she misses her mom <laughs> <laughs> yes um, i also uh, the thing i wanted to say was just i think that this episode does do a good job of capturing the intensity that like kids who have gone to the same summer camp every yeah. year for 10 years like really feel connected to that place love it they're like i'm a totally different person at camp and you see that energy and it's fun to see these three characters like courtney ashlyn and um, carlos carlos who have never been to camp just being like whoa okay we're theater kids so like we get being intense but this is next level even for us which is like a fun dynamic uh but they obviously are primed to get swept up in it as the season goes on um the whole premise of that you want to explain what's even happening here like <laughs> sure 
Okay, so the reason that EJ convinced his friends to come to camp this year is because of a secret celebrity guest. But the guest celebrity is Corbin Blue, and he is directing and producing a docu-series for Disney Plus about this camp doing the first ever, like, youth production of Frozen yes, the Musical. Yes, MTI is licensing Frozen Junior or whatever, and, <laughs> and this is going to be the debut production of it. And the camp staff is under the impression that Corbin Blue is directing the show, so they hi- Which fire would their make usual a much director. More interesting docu series than what actually happens, but, but right. So they <laughs> fired the director. Corbin Blue gets there. He's like, "Yeah, this is. We're making the docu series. We're doing the show. We're so excited for you guys to do Frozen. All right, I'll be back in like a couple weeks. Happy rehearsals." And they're like, "Wait, what? Sorry, you're not directing the show." They being just Jason Earls, who is the camp director. Um, And he's like, yeah, I gotta go. Like, good luck to you. That's so crazy that you fired your director. That is not what I would have done if I were in your position. (laughs) Anyway, bye. And so then they're like, what are we going to do? And the episode ends with EJ is, you know, he's a counselor in training. He just graduated high school. He's like sort of the adult of the theater kids. It falls to him to direct the show. That's what Jason Earls would like him to do. And Gina overhears all this or is present for this. And she's like, wow, that's like exciting. That's good for you. I'm excited for this opportunity for you. Even though I was excited for us to sort of hopefully play co-leads, I'm taking this in stride. That's kind of the end of the episode. And Joshua Bassett arrives and EJ's like, oh, brother, this guy. Because <laughs> yeah, he's kind of insecure about Gina's relationship with Yeah. Gina, they just like, keep dating the same people. They're, they were both interested in Nini in season one. Then they're both interested in Gina. It's just like they're... They're similar yeah. men in that way. <laughs> but. And I'll be honest, it kind of felt like, you know, as soon as the season started, I was like, oh, well, of course, Ricky's going to have a crush on Gina. And, like, they have had some, like, awkward moments in the pa- Like, in the second season, there was this thing where, like, Gina's mom sent her, like, chocolates, but Gina thought it was Ricky. And, like, oh, Gina used to have a crush that. on Ricky, and then it, like, got out. But, like, Ricky was dating Nini at the time. Like, he never, like, had a big crush on Gina before. But it was just, like, obviously he needs something to do. So now he likes Gina is kind of how I Ricky this season it. comes off like such a gem. He's just in the worst situation. His parents yeah. don't care about him. Teacher dating dad. They're on vacation without you. Girlfriend, insane, it turns out. Dumped you. Also, <laughs> quite recently dumped by Nini who is not really communicating with him. Like, they don't, he doesn't have good closure there. He's just, like, here at camp hanging out. He sees a lonely kid. He's like, I guess I'll be friends with that guy. Like, he's just doing, he really is, like, a putting on a brave face throughout the whole season. And he's not, like, even trying that hard. He, he's, he, like, respects the situation with Gina and EJ. He doesn't seem to have any intentions to get between them. But EJ yeah. is just insecure because he's, like, doing so much to be, like, a positive presence in people's lives that EJ is like, God, my girlfriend's gonna fall in love with him. <laughs> <laughs> Just I'm falling in love with girlfriend. Him. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, so episode yeah. two. Oh, do you want to say something else? No. <laughs> episode two is into the unknown. Um, it's the auditions. They do yes. the auditions. Gina sings a song about how she's like really on top of it this year. She's like, of course I'm gonna get the lead, and also I'm 
not mean like I was in season one, but I'm not a pushover. I'm I'm I've got the balance. Yes, the and the song's called Balance. Also, um, EJ doesn't want to tell anyone that he's directing. Oh yeah, this whole contrivance is so stupid. Which is so weird. We meet this girl Val, played by the girl from Zombies, um, and I thought that she was gonna be like way more important than she was, just because she was like. A, like semi famous uh, definitely famous in the disney universe the marketing like, image for the series also is around. her and joshua bassett like laughing and you're so you keep know, waiting I for the scene jackie they never like, talk after the second episode i was like oh like i don't really want this love triangle but i also don't want ricky to date that blonde girl and jackie was like that scene literally never happens <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't um, um, but but yeah. so it's auditions. This girl Val is here to be the choreographer. I thought maybe there would be tension between her and Carlos. Carlos is a choreographer and assistant know, director so more too. so than performer. But he he seems to be over that. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> now he wants to be on stage, and he keeps getting small roles. He's kind of annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I feel like we should talk about Jet. But, uh, yeah, I guess oh, okay. the gist well, of this episode. Say, so, like, they're auditioning. Yeah, they sing a for the first time in forever. Do you want to build a snowman mashup of them auditioning? There are these two like eighth graders who are like, "Oh my god, Gina, we love your TikToks. Do you have any advice?" And she's like, "Yeah, this is my advice. You two may be friends now, but you're the competition. Like, you're gonna hate each other." <laughs> and Ashlyn is like, "That was weird." <laughs> I was like, yeah, that was weird. Nothing comes um, of that. But yeah, then um, Jet, who, oh, I guess he has, it's like a song. Yeah, he's, okay, he auditions. So he's I guess for we'll seven forever. Yeah, but I just thought it was like part of this. No, no, no. Everyone auditions. <laughs> EJ eventually has to reveal that he's the director. This is for yeah. half the episode. We're just uh, it's sitting in suspense waiting and for EJ to admit awkward. that he's the director. Everyone's like, wow, I can't wait for Corbin Blue to get here. And he's like, yeah, me too. It's like, what? How could this end? But there's, it doesn't really cause drama. People are just like confused. Yeah, they're just like, what? There's a moment. I think this is the first rehearsal. But um, he like, they're like, okay, like, just act like you know what you're doing, whatever. EJ's going to lead the circle. And then he's just standing there and he like starts singing. Like, <laughs> That's like a cute callback to how Miss Jen sang through the whole score in the first season that's like he does that's what he thinks the director does that's i thought that was very funny oh i didn't get that i kind of forget a lot about what happened in the first season (laughs) but yeah okay that makes sense so he reveals he's the director everyone auditions there's this guy he, he's mysterious he's angsty he's not talking he to anyone wanna, he doesn't want to be here he doesn't he come to the opening ceremonies. and then jason earls is like doing door cabin checks and he's like huh what are you doing here um and then he's like well you have to like the only thing is that thing that's you have left to sign up swimming. for an elective you can either do and he's swimming. like i can't swim and then he's like all right well then you can audition for the musical and he's like those are my only options and then he comes in and he sings for the first time in forever and he's amazing and everyone's like wow yeah um, and ricky is not at all threatened he's like wow i see yeah, myself in ricky's, this guy i want to yeah, be a mentor ricky's to him like, coming in 
late playing instruments. That guy is like the old me. <laughs> but that guy doesn't get cast. Then is that no, like he does get cast? He's Hans. Oh. <laughs> he doesn't get cast as Kristoff. He doesn't threaten oh. Ricky's right. We no, did not mention what's happening this whole. Okay, so let's just do a quick sort of. Olivia Rodrigo is in the first two episodes of oh, this show God, inexplicably. Yeah. The first episode, she's like, yeah, I'm not going to camp because my parents and I, she has this whole conversation with the teacher. The teacher's like, I can't wait to go have a bunch of sex with Ricky's dad. And she's (laughs) like, well, I'm going to be just like in the backseat while my parents just like make out and reminisce because they love California. But I'm going with them to California and I'm not going to camp. And she's like, this is like a big decision she's made. Who cares? (laughs) When they get to California, oh, she also is working with Gina's brother, who's a music producer. She has to write a song a day or yeah, a song a week. It's Jordan Fisher. He was in one episode. Right. He's not in the season, season unfortunately. Um, but he, like, she's having a hard time. She's written a melody, but she hasn't come up with the lyrics for it. She gets to California. She's having a hard time. Her parents are like, okay, um, you know how you met this man this one time? He's actually your biological father. She has, to be clear, two lesbian moms. Um, so this isn't like an identity. It's just, it's odd that they would not even tell, like, why were, why were you not forthright about this initially? Whatever. That's kind of a decision. I, they changed their minds. They didn't tell her. Now they want to. She, in the second episode, meets this man. He's Jesse Tyler Ferguson. He's her dad. They both like the color black. Who cares? (laughs) She learns that her moms were in a band with Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and they got some radio play in their youth. She's like, what? That's so cool. Why didn't you ever tell me that? Which is also kind of crazy that they didn't tell her that because she's trying to be a musician. Yeah. None of this matters. She, at the end of the episode, like, to finally find some clarity to write, she finds the lyrics. She has a great conversation with Tyler Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and she writes her song. And she's like, oh, yeah, nailed it. And then we never see her again until the And finale. then in the last episode, she's like, I've been writing a song a day. Yeah. <laughs> this is all intercut with, like, as if this is an, a relevant subplot. But it's like it, her meeting her biological father under sort of contrived circumstances is such, like, a weight on this show. And it's nice when it's finally cut loose at the end of that previous episode <laughs> or at the end mm-hmm. of the second episode. Yeah. Um, but the cast list goes up. Carlos tries to steal the cast list and change it, but he's unsuccessful and there's no consequences for it. But it's just like a little bit of spice at the beginning and end of this, the end yeah. of this episode, the beginning of the also, next one. Also, Maddox is the stage manager. And then yes. she's like, uh, nice try, Carlos, but we have cameras in there. And everyone's like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so Gina is Anna. Courtney is Courtney Elsa. Is Elsa. Ashlyn, who was Belle in last year's production of Beauty and the Beast, is just in the ensemble, which is kind of hard for her. But she's like putting on a. She much like Ricky is putting on a brave face this whole season. But but she also has a bunch of stuff going on. She's also seeming like a horrible person throughout. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't feel that way. That's interesting. Not um, a horrible person, but just like she's not taking things in stride in the same way that Ricky is. Sure, that's true. Those two random eighth graders are young Anna and young Elsa. There were no other kids who auditioned, so that yeah. was kind of obvious for them. Um, Hans is Jet. Kristoff is Ricky. Carlos is Hans Olaf. Is Olaf. 
and EJ is double cast as director and Sven. And, Sven. and he's also, like very stressed um, out throughout this whole season. So it's like maybe Val shouldn't have put him in the cast as I well, know. but whatever. Yeah, Val was like, let me cast it without you because like you are obviously very biased. Yeah, and he's like, oh, man, that's the only thing I was kind of looking forward to. And she's like, well, I'm going to make you the reindeer. (laughs) (laughs) So Um, that's the end of that episode. And then it is time for the, like, after the cast list goes up, they do a little little initiation night in the woods. And the timing of this is such that tomorrow morning, Corbin Blue is coming to film the first read-through. So EJ is really stressed out. And someone else is also like, should we maybe not be, like, going into the woods this night? Like, I think it's Courtney, and she's really just trying to not go into the woods. She hates the woods. That's her thing. Yeah. She's still, it's early days. She just misses her cell phone. Um, but everyone's Carlos like, it's just like, like a, the woods. This episode is like, I feel like we could just breeze through this episode. Know, this episode's this episode so is stupid. So dumb. They have... So the, <laughs> I think, honestly, the main plot is freaking ashlyn <laughs> no there's three things that happen that matter in this episode so the whole episode is just them hanging out in the woods overnight for their initiation Ricky. maddox who is the okay. the girl we discover that she and jet the boy who is hans are secret siblings they're not telling anyone that they're related but they're so mad at each other she's like you're ruining everything you were making fun of the traditions and then people yeah, weren't doing everything they're supposed the to ballad do ballad of susan fine it's like i don't know there's this woman who died <laughs> and uh <laughs> you're really obsessed with her at this camp she liked twizzlers um, she and she drowned and she haunts the camp. lake and, but no one's um, scared because Jet's sort of, like, making little jokes and, yeah, and Maddox so, is So offended. Maddox wants to, like, tell this scary story and she's really excited about it. And then uh, she, she's, like, describing Susan Fine as, like, broody and mysterious and whatnot. And Jet's like, wait, guys, am I Susan Fine? And everyone's like, <laughs> look at you breaking out of your shell. Um, and, and Ricky then, has been encouraging him to break out of his shell the whole time because yeah. Ricky's like, "Hey, I see you in me. We, you should come hang out. I think you would like theater kids." And then she's like, oh, "Forget this," <clears throat> and storms off. And then he's like, "Maddie, wait." And then later they like get in a big fight. She's like, "Do you do double those?" <laughs> It's a, we don't have enough content. We don't understand why they're mad at each other. Yes. We, we don't understand anything that's happening. Like, We've never also, met these characters before. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. By, at this point, they're having this big emotional fight, and we've seen them in maybe four other scenes, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't care. But really, by the end of the season, I do really love both of them, and I'm like, they're not going to be in the next season. Like, they don't live near the rest of the kids, like... What was the point of this? <laughs> <laughs> that but, couldn't die. Yeah. Well, Jet is like kicked out of schools all the time, so he very well could come to East High. <laughs> Maddox, I don't know. I think she's also graduating. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. The other two things that happen that matter, Ricky and Gina are go to ej and they're like hey we should like look for susan fine we oh like we saw her weird little shrine and we want to go find it and ej's like i gotta break down the script because we've got the read through which i'm like i actually don't know what you're i understand later the stress he's feeling but here i'm like just put down the script you're just reading through it you'll see the pages tomorrow (laughs) but he's like too he's starting to get too stressed about work to participate 
And so Gina and Ricky have a very nice evening, and then EJ feels like some FOMO and some jealousy. Meanwhile, Ashlyn just she's just in her feelings. She's, oh, this is the whole thing about so- journaling. <laughs> about i don't know she's just like maddox her tells her that she's a pages scorpio and, rising yeah or and maddox is like oh i get it you're a leo rising and she's like uh no i'm a capricorn rising i'm all air and water signs and maddox is like really i feel like you got some fire sign in you she's like you don't know me how <laughs> dare you if there's one thing i know about myself it's my astro- birth <laughs> astrological <laughs> signs <laughs> and she's like really mad at Maddox and then while Ricky and Gina are like uh hey EJ do you want to come with us and he's like no I'm busy Ashlyn storms it and she's like was I born on 11 30 a.m or 11 30 p.m and he's like 11 30 a.m I remember because my mom said that you ruined the eggs benedict and you only have eggs benedict for brunch she was like oh <gasps> I'm a Leo rising. The one thing I thought I knew about myself. And she's, I don't know. She's having an identity crisis about the dumbest thing. And then and she then goes and she, sings a whole yeah. song about it. And then Ricky and Gina hear the song and they're like, is that Susan Fine? But it's just <laughs> Ashlyn. And they're like, oh, that makes more sense. And then everyone goes back to bed. Um, and maybe she says the thing to Courtney. At one point in one of these episodes, she can sort of confides in Courtney that she was hoping that this would be, like, her big break. But instead, she's just in the ensemble. You know, like, she's just... She she has some feelings about not being a principal role. Yes. And Courtney's like, oh, this will be your big break. Or, or you know, Courtney tries to sort of, like, minimize that. But Ashlyn is like, no, no, no. This is a big deal, and it's a big deal for you, and I'm very excited for you. Um, and she seems like she's moving past that. She had her weird identity crisis, and it's over. Mm-hmm. Then we get the next episode. Oh, at the end of that. Oh, no, no, no. Th- then it's the read through. This next episode is the read through. And Corbin Blue is here to film. And EJ really wants everything to go well. That's the main goal of the episode is like keep everything under control. And things weird things are happening. After Maddox and Jet got in their fight, Jet goes missing. Yeah. So that's like a whole thing. Is something else wrong? Um. Well... What's his name? Channing? The producer or the PA mm-hmm. or whatever. He was a PA on Nick Viall's season of The Bachelor. So he knows, like, good TV is to make everyone hate each other. Um, and he's like, all these kids are too nice to each other. Like, we gotta cancel this show if there's not some drama. The episode is called No Drama. Yes, the um, goal of the episode the whole time is that they're trying to not have any drama, but then at the end of the episode, Channing is like, so that was, like, really great. You guys did a very good job. There was no drama, and therefore, it's bad television, so we're going to cancel. And then EJ's like, what? No. If you need drama, tune into the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Which is by far the best episode of the season. But... um Okay, I feel like these are in the wrong order. I feel like Fabulous was the beginning of the episode. I don't know what you're looking at. Mine says that Fabulous is the beginning of the episode. Well, the episode, the, I don't know what this is, full list of songs of episodes has them in the wrong order. I'm just looking but at anyway, the, the wiki slash songs. <laughs> 
everyone is like by the pool in costume because they want to sing fabulous from high school musical 2 for corbin blue as he gets here and then they do the whole number and then they're like i was just jason earls I'm like you did the whole number and didn't realize um <laughs> they but... wanted us to see the number too that's why they did the whole number <laughs> you would have liked it better if they stopped in the middle <laughs> they're like oh back to one yes anyway. <laughs> well that's not what they did <laughs> i thought it was fine and cute they sing a weird amount of camp rock music in this series, so it was nice to get a high school musical song um, and some sort of like direct homages to the high school musical staging. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. They do the read through. I think this is actually where EJ does that funny thing where he sings the song. That happens. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Something happens at some point where they have to go to another space. Like, they take a break. I don't really remember what happens in this episode. But but then because Jet's missing, EJ sings Love is an Open Door with Gina. And it's, like, very cute. And they're having a good time. And they're like, yay, we're still a couple. Um, And then they find Jet. Everything works out fine in the end. Even the missing kid resolves itself. And then Channing says, like, this was so boring. You're fired. That's that's everything. That am I missing? Are we missing anything important there? No, I don't. I can't think of anything. Okay, let's talk about the best episode then. The next episode is called "The Real Campers of Shallow Lake." Oh, one thing is that Courtney's plotline for the last episode is getting Corbin Blue to like her. I'm going through my texts to try to remember if there's anything. Um, and she knows that his favorite color is also black. <laughs> And gold. Just, just like, like wearing and black just and gold. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then she like finds out his favorite like snack. I don't know. Oh, and Ricky's birthday is opening night of this play, which makes it even sadder that his parents do not come. And his he's got a little bucket list of things he wants to accomplish before he turns 18. And one of them is hug a celebrity. So he keeps trying to hug Corbin Blue. And at the end, he just goes for he just he's keeps what he's trying to get Corbin Blue to initiate a hug and Corbin never does it and then at the end he just hugs Corbin Blue and Corbin Blue's like whatever that was weird yes and, and I like, remembered yes. an impo- like an important plot thing that happens in this episode is that EJ gets the letter from his dad saying that mm. he's gonna send him to the Caswell School of Success which is their last name in St. Louis but Gina's mom what is Gina's mom's she job? works for FEMA Okay. She's like, Gina was living in Ashland's house last season, but her mom is moving back to Salt Lake City, which is where they all live. And she's going to be living like down the street from EJ. And she's so excited that they'll like get to spend his gap year together. So he's not telling her that he's going to be in St. Louis because he's like just determined to like find a way to like if this docuseries goes well then he can prove to his dad that he's already successful and like yada 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 so i'm like just tell her like what's gonna be the harm in being honest with your girlfriend and also like they kind of like the way they got together in the last season was like commiserating about about like his dad and like her helping him like decide to like take the gap year so it's like she would only be supportive but whatever he doesn't tell her he's not telling her all these things he's very stressed out about this musical and docuseries um and then she finds out at the end of the episode she like 
she lost her script and then she finds it and it's next to ej's and she finds the letter and then she's pissed okay yes so this next episode is the real campers of shallow lake carlos gathers everyone in the cold open and he's like i am assigning everyone a like reality tv trope and you just have to and be also that. this is carlos and val so not only is there no tension between them they bond i guess over their love of dance <laughs> <laughs> and drama so they <laughs> so they delegate the roles for the drama Gina, in a previous season, I guess, it was revealed that she's terrible at improvising. So her role is she's just the, the one with the catchphrase. So she just has to say, don't get, don't me, get me started. started. Yeah. Um, Carlos is the instigator. Val is the shrink. She's She went to college as a musical theater major and then immediately changed her major to psych. And then... After they delegate her as the shrink, I guess it was kind of she was like being a therapist friend to EJ, but then she becomes the therapist friend for everyone after this. And I was like, wow, she really is the shrink. Um, what were the other things? Courtney is the judgy one. Mm-hmm. Ricky is the jilted lover. Jilted ex. Oh, yeah. They're pretending that he and Gina are exes. Maddox has to um, cry. Jet is the mysterious bad boy. Bad boy. Uh, Ashlyn is has a dark past. She had a really funny line, but I can't remember. <laughs> well, just imagine something very funny about her dar- dark past. She like said something. Oh, she and like she like lost a twin or something like yeah. that. She just kept adding like dark things to it that it didn't make any sense. <laughs> um who else even is there it doesn't matter we've covered all the important got people. the most important ones yeah so um everyone EJ oh ej's there one? for the wrong reasons oh <laughs> carlos also has a little checklist of everything that needs to happen there yeah, needs to be a slap need to, someone needs to cry someone needs to someone needs to throw, throw a, drink a drink at someone and someone needs to get caught saying something that they didn't want people to hear on a hot mic so they are very successful in doing this, and the docu guys like Channing and Corbin Blue were like, "This was so good and rich, like amazing work." They sing, "What do you know about love?" For in a very weird way, where they're like, "Just explore the space," and then they're like in the costume shop. <laughs> I know. Well, I thought that it was weird because Val was like, "Okay, so we haven't done this number a lot, so like, please take it easy." And I thought that they were, like, going super hard on purpose to, like, stir up drama. But, like, no one got hurt or anything, so I don't know. (laughs) No one got physically hurt. But EJ was emotionally hurt. It was just Um, some, like, weird dialogue to explain. flirting with Ricky. I don't know. She's just, she's, like, mad at EJ. And now she's the one that's not communicating. And she's just, like trying to make him jealous all the time i'm like he's already jealous like playing this game is not gonna help anyone um right so after their success they sort of realize like uh, every the consequences of this spill over also still... wait so maddox is like what am i supposed to cry about and carlos is like well you obviously have a crush on jet so like just play into that like maybe you and ashlet are fighting over him and like whatnot and she's like what i definitely don't have a crush on jet whatever then at the end of the episode 
um, he, they somehow get in another fight. I don't know yeah, what happens. Yeah, there's, well, there's just a big sort of group huddle. Two things happen at the end of the episode. One, the camera people have supposedly left, and Ricky confides to Carlos that he has a crush on Gina, that he was that, that wasn't all just played for the camera, the jilted ex thing. And then they and peek over to the side of this. on a hot mic. Yeah, there's and, Channing and with his camera Carlos in the woods. has his little whiteboard in his hands, and he's like, welp, and checks off getting caught on a hot mic. Also, we should just call out the fact that the documentary guy, Channing, is the only person with a camera here the whole time, and his camera is like a 2005 prosumer video camera. He does not have, like, there's... It's a very I think that he's just rig. relying on all the other camera people that are here for for the other dice. They're gonna the license musicals. footage from the other. <laughs> um, it is very funny because we're not watching that documentary. Like, there's drama about the making of that documentary. It's like that moment in Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping, when they <laughs> they are like on the at, they're at the Grammys and. Their their docu crew is like bumping into the crew for Snoop Dogg's <laughs> docu crew, and everyone's like having a hard time finding their camera. <laughs> yeah, good movie. Um, you should watch that instead of this series. Um, Honestly, we should watch that for this podcast because it's technically musical. <laughs> yeah, we could. But anyway, that resolves. Then they go back inside, and everyone's getting worked up. They were like, they're just still sort of like feeling the tension from being so dramatic earlier and everything gets revealed maddox and jet they're siblings they're mad at each they, other yeah, maddox they're is mad gay at each other for some reason and then maddox is like tell that to mom and dad and everyone's like mom and dad what <laughs> um and carlos but, feels really bad but then they all this was so funny they all like move on. Both of them storm out, and then everyone's talking about this like, all this movie. other stuff. And Ricky's like lying on the floor, and then he stands up and he's like, "Guys, Jet and Maddox are siblings." <laughs> it's also worth pointing out Jet and Maddox are different races. We'd yeah. never learn what their situation is if they're like half siblings or if they're both adopted or one of them is adopted. It doesn't really matter, but just like it, there is an element of like, oh, we really wouldn't have expected that about these characters being siblings. So like yeah. Ricky's reaction does feel genuine, but mm-hmm. it's also just funny because it's like much like us finding out that they're siblings in that one episode. Everyone's reaction is kind of like, oh, <laughs> like <laughs> except for Ricky, who really is invested in Jet. And it's yeah. like, like, this is really shaking his world, but no also, one else cares. Maddox reveals that the, like, the big reason that they hate each other or that Maddox hates Jet is because he showed, so she had a girlfriend, a camp girlfriend before named Madison and they were Maddie and Maddie. And, um, Jet showed the texts between her and Madison to her parents um, and obviously outing your sister is not nice but then he's like I thought it was a guy I just thought that it wasn't fair that she got to be texting people and I wasn't I was like okay I don't don't really know and then also (laughs) her parents like didn't care that she was gay but, but she didn't know that at yes. the time. Yeah, she was free. It ruined her summer. She also, we also, we see Jet sing a song reflecting on how close they were 
as children and his you know he's thinking about how his heart was in the right place and at some point and I'm not sure if it's the end of this episode I don't know when this happened that we forgot about it maybe it was the previous one they have they're all watching they're gonna watch high school musical three or something yeah as a, like the camp movie oh it's the previous one because the, it's the, oh, yeah, after the movie that gina, gina finds the know note. about the, yeah 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 but this courtney's is when courtney's episode homesick. courtney starts to have more of a character arc and she we discover that she is struggling with some anxiety or she's feeling homesick and but she's not really talking about what's up like gina's trying to check in with her and and she's not really forthright about it but gina just makes them play her comfort movie instead which is camp rock yeah because everyone loves camp rock um and also ashlyn has a conversation with maddox where maddox is like you're really critical of val that's exactly how i was of maddie before we started dating and ashlyn's like what am i supposed to make of that <laughs> like she's also, really <laughs> ashlyn does have a boyfriend his name is big red he and works maddox has place. constantly been like sort of undermining her relationship with I big know, red yeah. like maddox is literally in, in the first episode Ashlyn's like oh like where do I go to mail this letter it's to my boyfriend I'm very much in love with him and I'm going to be writing him a lover every single night and Maddox is like uh-huh. she's like why are you laughing she's like well that's just how a lot of kids like start and then you know like anything can happen at camp like, yeah and then at one point she even says she's very much in love with her boyfriend so yeah don't say that <laughs> And she says to Ashlyn at one point, like, just because you have a crush on Val, like, you can't be so mean to her. And it's just like, Maddox, why are you trying to stir all this shit for no Literally. reason? <laughs> but it's so that's, so Ashlyn is starting to Maddox question her sexuality. Maddox has a crush on Ashlyn. That's what I thought, but that doesn't really manifest in any way. Exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you said Ashlyn and Big Red both being bisexual and getting married after high school. And I didn't really interpret their last conversation is like yes we are gonna get married but if that's true like (laughs) there's no point Maddox kind of realizes in the last two episodes that she has a crush on Ashlyn but like Ashlyn does she I didn't even track that because nothing happens she doesn't like tell her no she doesn't act on it at all and I'm like she's probably not going to be in the next season so what was the point of that but whatever yeah um what episode (laughs) uh color wars so then it's time for color wars corbin blue is there because he's like this is kind of like the disney channel games and you know i gotta get that on camera babe so he's documenting it they're just two teams it's the yellow team and the blue team this episode is like fun but not that important gina is gina and nj have sort of patched things up and gina is now just like hey We'll work out whatever's going to happen with your dad when we get back. For now, let's just try to enjoy the summer, like the time that we have together now. So this is the first of two episodes where she's like, let's hang out at this place. Let's meet at this. Let's meet at the pavilion. And they keep like, you know, EJ keeps like trying to come, but he's just like so he's pulling himself in so many directions. He's not really there for her and she's not feeling rewarded by it. He's called in Miss Jen to get some directing tips. And there's like a whole little sequence where she's like, the first rule, always have a pencil in your hair or whatever. Like just like (laughs) terrible advice, (laughs) completely meaningless tips, but it takes up the whole afternoon and he's very grateful for them. Uh (laughs) That's like his whole thing that's happening. And Gina gets hit in the head so hard with the basketball she passes out and has a dance sequence in her brain but she's then she snaps back to playing basketball 
Um, and then she's like, Corbin Blue. And then uh, he's like, don't talk to me. I don't know. <laughs> but then Corbin he sings. Blue's character of Corbin Blue is so interesting to me. Because sometimes <laughs> he's like really, really into the fact that he, like someone says Chad and he's like, did I hear my name? And they're like, you respond to Chad. Yeah, that was funny because in this same episode, in this episode, there's a moment where he responds to Chad. And then there's also a moment where someone's like, let's do the Wildcats cheer. And he's like, no, I'm exactly. over that. That was in the past. It's like, he's at one point, like at the same time, he's very invested in High School Musical and also like not really interested. But anyway, Gina passes out and imagines that Corbin Blue is giving her advice on how to play basketball and that it's just a different way to dance. And this song was fun. It was, it was weird, fun. Though. It could have been a better song, but it was a fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then she wakes up and they're like, Gina, like, I think Corbin Blue slaps her or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, it's the last point. Like, the game is riding on you. I'm like, you played the whole game with her just lying down <laughs> unconscious on the court? And then she's like, okay, I know how to do this now for my delusion. So she does a triple pirouette, and then she shoots, and she gets it in the hoop. And it was amazing. And they it reminded me of a time that I did something similar which is that i'm a horrible bowler and one time in high school i was bowling and i like for jokes i like did a split as i bowled and then i got a strike and it was amazing (laughs) they did it did have the same energy as that um and then she's like so excited and she's like where's ej and he was not there to see it the other thing that happens in the other things that matter that happen here, one, Courtney is dealing with her anxiety a little bit more explicitly. She has she says that she's afraid of heights, but At then the she's for some reason like forced to participate teams, in the rock climb. She's like, I I will be so good on this team. Like, I will cheat. I will do anything to win. But I am terrified of heights. And then so the Maddox is like great as captain rock climb. Yeah. <laughs> so she has like an anxiety attack and can't get on the wall and everyone's like you gotta try court 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 she does and the person who steps in like it's like an encouraging energy but it's not like the right energy and miss jen is for the first time in her life like really perceptive and is the one who's like hey you'll do this when you're ready and if that's not today that's totally fine and courtney leaves with sort of the blessing of miss jen and is like able to get herself out of the situation and miss jen's like i gotta go (laughs) i don't know why i'm here (laughs) I'm an adult. I'm just like walking around to camp and there's no problems here. That's crazy. <laughs> Jason Earl sees me. I'm in so much trouble. I like hate the character of Miss Jen. But in this season, in this I season, like... we get so little of her. Uh, yeah. She's good. Yeah. In moderation, she's actually a very fun character. Yeah. And also but... when she's not a te- when you're watching her as a teacher, you're like, you are so bad at your job. But when she's yeah. just like a kind adult, she's like kind of on it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah. Which is why the kids, like, like her. It's like, I get why the kids like you, but you also, like, if I was the principal, I would be like, I'm so sorry, kids. I know that this lady's nice, but she just is incompetent. Yeah. <laughs> she lied on her resume. And also, we don't need to talk about season I one. know that I would not like her if I was her student. Her, one of her students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's true. I probably wouldn't either. 
I'd be like, sure, you're nice, but one, you're way too invested in the lives of teenagers, and two, you're horrible. <laughs> I don't like you. <laughs> um, anyway. So the other thing that's important that's happening here is that Ricky advises Jet to really try to win this thing. He's like, my whole origin story is that I got into theater to try to like win back a girl. Anyway, that didn't really work out. But I do think that in your particular situation, you could connect with your sister by getting really invested in camp because she loves camp. So he wins, Simon says, and then there's the camp sing-off where you have to sing It's, it's on. on from Camp Rock 2. And they're like, of course, Nikki everyone knows every word to It's On yeah. from Camp Rock 2. It's like, I'm a child of that era. I do not know every word yeah, to that they song. they were like, if you don't know all the words, it's because your parents didn't love you enough to play Camp Rock 2 for you. I was like... <laughs> I was a kid when that movie came out. I saw it. I don't know any of the words Jet's on. <laughs> but so Jet's song. going all out. They do a beautiful job singing. And Court does a good job, too. You know, she makes up for her anxiety attack earlier. And they win. The yellow team wins, which is amazing. Which good the for them. That Jet and Maddox were on. So then at the end of the episode, Ricky helps Gina set up a little scene to ask ej to be her date to camp prom which they just learned exists a little earlier in this episode mm -hmm. and ej's like oh there's a rule no dates at camp prom and gina's like come on man throw me a but i'm trying so hard you're being yeah. so bad to me and i'm just trying to give you a thing but she doesn't get angry she's just like oh okay well we'll save the but he's like i'll save the last dance for you and she's like yeah whatever like we'll dance together it'll be fun T taking it on the chin like just whatever this i was like you're gonna get broken up with ej and now you deserve it this was one yeah. step too far like not appreciating the cuteness yeah. of this moment and the promposal just let her have it no yeah i agree it was like i was annoyed with the writers for like building up such a cute wholesome couple that was like the side plot of the second season and then because of olivia rodrigo they felt like they needed to like ruin their relationship <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that that's why that happened well because they were like well if olivia rodrigo isn't here then we need someone for joshua bassett to stay relevant and if gina and EJ are now like our only couple we need to like cause drama. I don't know that it's that calculated I do think Gina I think you're uh, forgetting that there are multiple cute Ricky Gina moments throughout season one and two like I can think of one in each okay That's, <laughs> there's only eight episodes per season <laughs> and they were both like uh, I don't know it's like, I'm, I'm just saying mad. it's not like so I'm not out mad of nowhere that they're together and especially the way that the season goes, I'm like, sure, yeah, it's great. It's just not how I would have done the season. That's fair. The next episode is the camp prom. Everyone goes stag, obviously. Ricky, at the end of the previous episode, is like, I have a great plan about what's going to happen at prom. And you're like, oh, is he yeah, doing something like oh weird God, and wait. evil? He's in bed crying. <laughs> also, um, Miss Jen gave him his dad's Oh, yeah. His dad didn't come, but he did give him a birthday gift um, way too early. Which was moon rock. Because one of the things on his bucket list before turning 18 was to walk on the moon. And he's holding it and he's crying. And Jet walks in and he's like... Uh, are you okay? And he's like, yeah. 
it's just this moon rock that my dad gave me Jet's like that's why you're crying and he's like no I'm crying because they like Gina I don't know if he actually tells him anything about that but then Jet's like man you know like I really tried at this camp I don't know at this color war but oh like, yeah because Maddox at the end is like thanks for your help but we're not on good terms yet she's like we've had good days before but like this doesn't really prove anything to me. And then he's like, oh, you know, like, last year is when her ex-girlfriend broke up with her. And, like, I kind of feel like it was all my fault. And, like, I wish I could go back and change it. And then Ricky shoots out of bed and he's like, oh, I have an idea. And then that's the end of the episode. Right, and, and it idea. seems like, oh, is he going to do something bad at prom? But no, he's a sweetheart. He just is so invested in Jet. He's like, why does no one care about the Jet and Maddox drama? That is the center of this season for me. And so he's like, I got to fix this. So his solution is he flies Jojo Siwa in a very sparkly outfit in from wherever the heck she is. And they... Jet arranges for Maddie and Maddie, Maddox and Madison. That's who Jojo Siwa is. That would be crazy if she was just like a, some lesbian inspiration. That <laughs> <laughs> She's a character. Um, and they have a conversation in this prom episode. And Jojo Siwa's like, I can't dance. It was so annoying that you kept asking me to dance all night last year. That's why I'm we like, broke up. When they talk about this, I'm like, girl, you broke up with her because she liked you too much? Like... It just, I don't know. Then she's like, maybe I held on a little too tight. And she's like, maybe I let go a little too quickly. I'm like, you definitely did. That is so <laughs> rude to break up with someone for being too clingy. Just like on at the prom, she's like, please dance with me. And you're like, no, in fact, I'm breaking up with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is a little insane. It does seem like... That whole summer, she was really stressed out because of the whole thing with Jet and her... Like, the last thing that happened with her parents was that they saw that they had mm -hmm. the... They re learned about the texts, and then she, like, didn't see them for, for the whole summer, and they didn't write. They were, like, whatever. I'm like, camp was only two weeks. <laughs> I don't know. That's the thing. It's, like, it's one thing that I know that camp can feel like forever, but, like, there are other weeks of the summer, and we kept talking, like, the summer just began, and it's gonna end right after this. I'm like, why is your summer break only two weeks long? I don't well, know. this might be the end of summer break that they're going to camp. Yeah, but they're, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's just, they, they're acting like it was the beginning and the end. It's, it's the beginning of this camp part of summer, and the end of the <laughs> camp part of summer. Camp is everything. Camp is life. <laughs> To and some people who go like, to camp. When EJ gets dumped, he's like, come on, like, we're so good together. And she's like, we were good together for like five minutes and then camp ruined everything. I'm like, so if it's the end of the summer, you've been together for like weeks at least, over a month. Whatever. <laughs> Other things that happen at prom, Gina keeps trying to dance with EJ. It's not successful. EJ is going around quizzing everyone on their lines because something Miss Jen told him was that as long as everyone knows their dialogue, it'll be fine. So and now Courtney like, can't remember her line. She blanks out and she gets so stressed out. She goes and has a little panic attack. And she's really sad. 
And then we'll we'll talk about what happens at the end of that later. We kind of jump yeah. ahead of time. Actually, does anything else important happen in this episode? Um, Seb is here. Oh, Ashlyn, at the end of the last episode, she, like, hugs. She, like, goes up to Val and she's like, I'm really sorry for, like, snapping at you. It was really mean and blah, blah, blah. And then Val gives her a hug. And then she hugs back. And then there's fireworks. And she's like, oh. I'm bisexual. And she so also then... has a little conversation with Val earlier where she's like, Val just kind of like phrases like bisexuality in a way that, you know, to, she's not talking about sexuality really explicitly, but she just says something about like, you have so much room in your heart or whatever and blah, blah, blah. And Ashlyn's like, oh my God, that was so nice. Everyone's just telling Ashlyn, like, Maddox has been very meanly telling Ashlyn that she's bisexual this whole season, but Val just says it to her in a very sweet way, and then she's like, oh my god, I'm bisexual, and she's not defensive about it at all anymore. Yeah. Um, so then her, she's like, even though, she, I guess she came out to everyone, but we never see her do it. Yes, and She's right. like, this prom is all about me being bisexual. <laughs> And then I don't, does Carlos, she even say that? Carlos just gives her the pin. Is she well, talking she, about in her like talking heads? That's how she's acting. Oh, okay. Um, but Carlos gives her a little pin, and he's like, "What? Something about like just whatever makes you happy." And then he's like, "Why are you smiling?" And she's like, "Cause I see something that makes you happy." And then it's Seb who this is, is my Carlos's favorite joke of the boyfriend. Season. Seb is and wearing then, like yeah. a little windbreaker, and they're, and they're like, "Hi, honey." Because they call each other honey, which I always think is so weird <laughs> for high schoolers. <laughs> they are very domestic. They act like they're, like, 40. And Seb also is, like, I didn't even realize visually that this was the joke because Seb does dresses like an old man all the time. But he yeah, is dressed literally. like an old man. And Carlos is like, why do you look this way? And Seb says, Ashlyn said the theme was 70s, so I dress like I'm in my 70s. <laughs> And I thought that was great. Um, the theme is 70s. Everyone's, like, dressed in a yes. retro way. It's and everyone's weird. like, why is the theme 70s? Because Susan Fine was buried in the <laughs> 70s. Like, no one knows, but everyone thinks it has something to do with Susan Fine. And I'm like, why is the theme 70s every summer? Because like, <laughs> Susan Fine died year. only once. Have <laughs> <laughs> one year be the 60s because that's when she died and then the 70s is when she was found and then the 80s is when she was buried <laughs> wow there's a lot of bureaucratic stuff holding them up in these spaces none of it's real <laughs> um okay. anyway I think that's everything that matters Gina breaks no, up with we EJ at the end of prom wouldn't change a thing even though it's not important I just need to talk about oh, it oh sure yeah yeah <laughs> So Maddox goes up on stage and she's like, hi, everyone. I'd like to make an announcement. Actually, it's more of an explanation. I know a lot of you don't like me, but like, I'm going to be like happier now. I don't know. I used to sing this song with my brother all the time, and I was hoping that we could sing it right now. I forgive you, Jet. And then they come up and they start singing Wouldn't Change a Thing from Camp Rock 2. Which is one of the best songs from that movie, I think. And then Seb and Carlos are like, honey, it's our song. And I was like, 
your song is like a fight song like i don't know it just doesn't fit their vibe it felt like it fits their vibe to me because it's very fun to sing and i could see them enjoying singing yeah that's true and then they do sing they join in with jet and maddox and it's very fun yeah um at the end of prom, Gina tells EJ, you know, you missed the last dance. EJ's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Let's just, like, play the song again. We can do it again. And then she says this whole thing that, like, you know, some writer was probably very proud of themselves for, but it doesn't really make sense coming out of the mouth of the 16-year-old. But she's like, you know, like, I can't live my life with maybes. I need a, a certainty, and I need to know where I stand I with know. people. I know. It just doesn't fit with for the past two episodes, she's just been like, stop thinking about the future. Let's just, like, enjoy the moment. And then she's like, maybe? I need to know exactly what's happening in the future. I'm like, but that's the opposite of what you said at the beginning of this episode. It does make sense to me that they break up. Like, I feel like yes. the story points that happen make sense. It's just the, it's this just speech. The I'm like, someone thought this would really be weird. hitting, and it's just, like, not for me. It feels, like, very lofty and not really even tied to the conflict in their relationship. Mm-hmm. But they break up, and they're both pretty sad about it. And Gina's like, leave. EJ, Ricky has also been like, Carlos is like, when are you going to talk to Gina about the fact oh, that you were caught on that camera? told Ricky that, that there's going to be a trailer yeah, for the... a trailer is releasing, like, very soon, like, next week. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> I think it was a month. But, yeah, oh, like, there's going to be a oh, tight time. a whole month? Why was he treating it with such urgency, then? Because he was like, I won't deal with this for a year. You know you know how long it takes to edit a documentary. But then Carlos was like, no, they're releasing a trailer in a year before the film comes out. So you really got to talk to her. So he just feels like he wants to let her know that that was said before like she sees it in the docu-series. And then he thinks that this is the moment at the end of prom. And then she's like crying. And he's like, hey, if you're dealing with something, we can talk later. And she's like, she's yeah, like, let's do that. Thank you. That would be nice. I don't really want to talk to you right now. (laughs) She goes back to the cabin. Courtney is sort of in the aftermath of her panic attack. She's freaking out. She tells even Ashlyn, like, you know what? You should just go on for me. Yeah. And Ashlyn's Ashlyn's like, like, no, no, no. no. This is your big break. You're amazing. I found, like, what I needed this summer. Was bisexuality. (laughs) And, like, I, I had my big break. It was discovering something new about my sexuality. This is all about you. So Courtney sings a um, she's song. She's like, if I couldn't even climb that yeah. wall, how could I be Elsa? I'm like, it's okay that you're scared of heights. Like, I really don't think that you need to conquer that. But it's but kind of a block in like, her mind. So her friends cheer yeah. for her. She climbs the wall and belts out a lovely little song about doing something that's hard. And someone else is doing something, too. Yes. It's Carlos, like intercut with. there's this weird tradition oh, that all yeah. the boys take their shirts off and dump freezing cold water on themselves after camp prom. And Carlos is like, no thanks. I and don't want to take throughout the season, off. there's been little glimpses. Both Carlos and Courtney, these things have been like, seeds have been planted clearly where he's having some like body image issues he doesn't really want to take his shirt off in front of people and ej's like hey we don't haze people here camp is all about love and respect (laughs) so you do not have to take your shirt off if you don't want to but you cannot participate in the activity in a t-shirt it is shirts off or observing so (laughs) and then ricky walks into the cabin and ej is like sitting there sad and he's like but hey no bad blood and then Sev walks in, and they're like, oh, thank God. And he's like, guys, it's Carlos. He wants to do it. 
And then they all take their shirts off and do this together. And then Carlos is like, Ricky, thanks so much for encouraging me. You're my hero. And then Ricky's like, did you just say I'm a hero? Because earlier in this episode, he was like the last thing on my, or the second. Yeah, he ate like 10 pizzas. Oh, yeah. So that's how the episode started. Um, He wants, like, on his list was to become a superhero. So then he, like, hugs Carlos. He's like, oh, my God, thank you. Thank you so much. And Carlos is like, what just happened? Um, And, yeah, I don't know. That's that. That's the end of the episode. That's that. Then it's time for the musical. It goes fine. Um, (laughs) The end. (laughs) Miss Jen is there. Nini is there and has the funniest conversation in the world to be where she's like talking to Miss Jen. First of all, she's like, I'm writing so much music in California. I love it in California. I think I'm just going to move there. My parents are thinking about it, too. We're just going to sell our house in Salt Lake City. I don't know what their jobs are. We're moving to California for the vibes (laughs) as a family. And Miss Jen's like, great, good for you. And Nini's like, but, and also, this is like, Nini has a choice, like, Nini is in the driver's seat about whether her family moves to California, or maybe she's just going to go live with Tyler, Jesse, Jesse Tyler Ferguson. It's so weird, whatever's happening here. But she's like, I don't want to, like, I'm sure you're already picking the show and thinking about casting. I'm like, I don't want to leave you guys high and dry. And Miss Jen is like, girl, that's, it's a high school. I don't know, like, what? (laughs) Are you okay? <laughs> so they make this plan where it's like, meet me at the fire pit if you want to be in the show next year. And if you're going to move to California, then I'll know that's what you're going to do if you're not at the fire pit. And either one is fine. Ricky's um, parents have not come to the show, but he does a very good job that we get to see him sing the little added Kristoff number. It's a lot of exclusive to the musical musical numbers here like it's what do you know about love and this Kristoff's lullaby which is just like interesting to me we see all of in summer too which is like funny because it's staged terribly it's like oh my god ej (laughs) this was your directorial decision he's like got carlos kneeling on a dolly and ej is in the wings like pulling the dolly just on it can only move in one sort of like line (laughs) that's is that how he's moving the whole show whatever i'm sure Corbin Blue's loving it. <laughs> Channing, the docu guy, also, is like, I need to talk about this because it pissed me off. The girl playing young Anna, <laughs> who is she even talking to? She's like, I'm nervous. And they're like, don't be nervous. And then she sings all of This Is Me from Camp Rock. I'm like, who are you? Like, there's no build up to this and then she's never seen again i was like why why those kids are so funny they have a few moments that we haven't really talked about there's one moment where they're like if this is what theater kids are like after the drama episode they're like maybe we should quit the show and everyone's like no 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 we were just pretending like we just totally forgot to tell you what was happening you don't need to quit and then there's a whole thing where they're like the one girl the other girl not the one who sings this is me has a conversation with Courtney where she's like, you should get a therapist. I have a therapist. <laughs> well, that's after this. So Courtney's like still anxious. She's like, I climbed that wall last night. It should be all better. And then this. But this is funny is because like, it happens that's twice. That's how anxiety works. You There's know? first a conversation where someone comes to her and they're like, 
why are you nervous? You climbed the wall. And she's like, well, that doesn't make it go away. And then she has a conversation where she's like, why am I still anxious? And then another girl with anxiety is like, doesn't make it go away. And she's like, right, I know. I just said that. Um, I should get a therapist. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it was nice because, you know, when they were like, you got to climb that wall. I was like, that's annoying to me. I did appreciate. No, I appreciated like, that it wasn't like just yeah, fixed the then. climbing the wall isn't gonna fix everything. I was like, that's very nice to acknowledge. Yeah. Um, and she, in the middle of her number, Channing, the documentary guy, is live streaming live the thing. Streaming it, and he's like, something's got to go terribly wrong. <laughs> and Corbin no Blue is like, what? Care. No, these kids are nailing it. I love theater. Now that I'm in a theater, <laughs> I I love it. But Channing. <laughs> goes against Corbin Blue's wishes and cuts the power in the middle of Let It Go. And Courtney's like, what? And then everyone turns on their cell phone camera and it's like blinding light right in her face. And I was like, don't put your flash on her. She's going to have a panic attack. <laughs> but she starts also, singing. once he turns the lights off, there's so many comments on the live stream. I'm like, no kidding. Everyone's like, what just happened? It doesn't mean that they think it's good. That They're just looking at a black screen. <laughs> but then Gina realizes what's happening and she goes and she flips the lights back on at a climactic moment says, in the song. Don't get me started. <laughs> I did think that was very funny. And Courtney nails it. And Nini's standing in the back and she's like, that's so embarrassing for me that I was like, who's going to be the lead of the show? And she just leaves. <laughs> and she has been writing little notes for everyone, like wishing them good luck in the show. And in the middle of the show, everyone's like finding their notes and they're like, oh my God, Nini left us all these notes. Also, Nini and Court have a lovely little conversation where I'm like, yeah. oh, that's so crazy that we're not going to get like, like Nini's just going to go to California for the vibes and leave Court behind. That sucks. Poor Courtney. This you is know, the second yeah. time that, that, that Nini, Nini left previously. This friends. is like, yeah. Court has a very, like, fair-weather best friend, and she's fine. Like, I'm yeah. glad that she's building she's deeper found, bonds with Ashlyn. Yeah, and, yeah they're, mm-hmm. like, better for her. Oh, but then, but it is nice to see her rapport with Nini. It's like, oh, I do see what these characters do, just, like, have love for each other. That's very mm-hmm. nice. But everyone's getting um, notes from Ricky, from Nini, and someone asks Ricky, like, what did yours say? And he's like, I guess she just forgot to write me one. Anyway, what team? And, like, he's in such good spirits about it, but yeah. it's like, that's so messed up. <laughs> But um, then in the end, also, he did get one. And it's the last so item on his bucket list. He gets a lot of tickets Red is from here. Her. At the very beginning of the episode, everyone wakes Ricky <clears> up <throat> to sing happy birthday. And they're like, and guess who's here? It's Big Red, your best friend. And he's got a cake. And he's like, oh, my God, Big Red, did you get me a lottery ticket? And he's like, uh, no. He's like, come on. That was the last thing on my bucket list. He's like, you walked on the moon? He's like, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then... At, then he's like, hi, everyone. I'm Big Red, Ashlyn's boyfriend. And Ricky's like, also my best friend, but whatever. <laughs> um, and then in the middle of the show, Big Red texts Ashlyn like, hey, want to meet backstage? And just gets up and Miss Jenna's like, um, okay, bye. <laughs> and then Ashlyn's like, yeah, I have a 20 minute break. Hashtag loving the ensemble life. Um, and then he's like, listen, I just wanted to talk because like, I don't know, in these two weeks that you've been gone, I've really been thinking and, you know, I don't know. And she's like, whatever you're thinking, I'm probably thinking it too. Like, she's thinking that he's going to break up with her. 
I don't know that she is. I think that she was. The, I, the, this whole scene was so interesting to me because she had never indicated any interest in breaking up with him. Like, even though she is, like, she's probably interested in exploring her bisexuality, but I don't, I don't think she would be, like, so ready to break up. Like, I think it would be a conversation. So her yeah. confidence that they're on the same page is already weird because I don't think that she's, like, looking to break up. And then he but says... I think that he's presenting it in a way that is awkward in the way that someone would present something if they were going to break up with you. Or, like, tell you they're bisexual. You know, like, I almost wonder if she genuinely thinks they're was on the same page, which is that they're both bisexual. Did her that he was bisexual? He never did, though. No, he just told her, like, I would like to marry you. But he is bisexual. I think that that's what he's been thinking about this... <laughs> past two weeks but he doesn't tell her because then a month later she finds out from the trailer no she seems to already know because ricky's like is that true and she's like yeah babe we're both bisexual oh i didn't know that i thought she was like i guess he said it. <laughs> i really don't know this whole thing is so funny to me because it is like I like this couple. I think that they are good for each other. I like yeah, I that they're both bisexual. I want them to break up. But it, it, d- it did feel like... like to make know. those be the bisexual characters is, like, a little limiting to me because I do like their relationship. Like, I, I would at least like to see them talk about, like, what that means. Like, do they have any interest in exploring that? Or is it just something they want to know about, like they can both celebrate that about each other and that's fine like it's just like when you discover you are bisexual in a heterosexual relationship that is an interesting thing Mm -hmm. that actually like that warrants more conversation than we got which is kind of a bummer yeah but but it's still just a cute moment where they sort of affirm their commitment to each other and they're both fine with the fact that they're both bisexual but neither of them come out to each other in this scene. In this scene. No, yes, I am making it seem like they come out to each other. They just talk vaguely about how they're both, like, thinking about stuff and have had, like, an interesting summer. And then they say that they both really like each other and are on the same page about that. Yeah. Um, and then they then all what? sing every day. For, and then Corbin yeah. Blue is like, I fired Channing for that shenanigans. G- good job. And he's like, wait. Jessica? Oh yeah, he recognizes Jessica Miss Jen. Jessica from High School Musical, the from the first High School Musical. You were our favorite extra, and they hug. Um, and then he's like, "Hey guys, good job. I don't know, you're great." And then they sing every day. Nini leaves a note for Miss Jen that says, "Like, hey, watching everyone perform, I realized I don't need to be at high school only for the musical, so I'm gonna move to California." Yeah. And she gets in her car and she drives away. She just drove here by herself. It's like, what's happening? <laughs> um, this at first it like pissed me off because I was like, or not pissed me off, but it was just like, wow, Nini. Like, you really thought that, like, you were the only one talented at this school and whatnot. But then it was like, I actually think that this is more for the, like, audience. And I don't yeah, think that course. they needed to do it. But just being like, hey, guys, everyone everyone else on this show is also talented. And, like, it will be fine without Olivia Rodrigo. But it already was. Um, she wasn't really in the season yeah, at all. Yeah, she wasn't in it. And it was a good, I mean, it was as good as this show can be. Yeah. I mean, I get saying goodbye to that character but it, it was not it was, it was uh, the stuff that she's had for the two seasons now i have not cared about what she's up to so it, like to me it was like 
fine just excise yeah, that just yeah that's get fine out of here <laughs> <laughs> but anyway they're all every day starts like in the theater but then they're like playing with sparklers by a bonfire with corbin blue and miss jen and then <laughs> big red is like oh by the way um nini told me to give this to you to ricky and then everyone's like no someone found it under a couch or something oh oh, okay and then everyone's like oh my god ricky open it tell us what it says i'm like first of all it's like probably just gonna be like good job from your ex-girlfriend like not something so sincere for him to read out (laughs) but she and he's like she remembered and she got him a lottery ticket and then he's like so crying, he fulfilled his... and everyone hugs him. Yeah, he finished his bucket list before he kicked the bucket of turning eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> then, then this is a very cute a end, and the later. show should just end here. Yeah. But instead, we jump forward to a month later when they're about to premiere the trailer for the docu series, and they've got this big red carpet, and everyone's like famous now they do little funny interview this is like a funny bit where everyone's like a real diva carlos is wearing courtney's design he looks oh yeah there was a whole moment we never talked about because it didn't matter but where courtney was like hey i do like costume stuff do you want help back here maddox and maddox was like um i actually do everything by myself and (laughs) i can handle it and she can i thought that maybe that would spill over into the season but it doesn't she's very talented she's good at all forms of stagecraft but everyone's um, there. They're sitting. They're seated. Corbin Blue is like, so I fired Channing, but you know but he's still he the producer. Still did all of this. So I, I, haven't seen this. it. And then, so then they watch like the, the trailer. trailer. It's all like it's like reality crazy. TV drama, editing things out of context. Um, There's a running bit that Ricky doesn't know anything about any show that he's in. Like he doesn't know the name of Arendale, and he's just having a hard time. <laughs> so there's like something where he says like i don't know about those two but but i just remembered one of my favorite moments of this season is in the camp prom when ej and gina are breaking up and then seb walks in and he goes elton john and then like they're like crying and gina leaves and he's like okay bye I just thought it was so funny. Um. Anyway, yes, so the, the terrible trailer... last ten minutes of this, they watch the trailer. Corbin Blue's like, "Yikes, that was crazy." Anyway, catch you guys next time. Probably oh, not. Something where Gina's like, "I know exactly what I want, and I'm gonna get it," and it's like spliced with shots right. of ricky and that's the least salacious thing too like it's a, it, weird that they then ej and gina have like a tense conversation and you're like you're both talking about that that's the thing that stuck with you the yeah. most that's so crazy it, they implied that ej and val were dating they implied that carlos <laughs> hooked up with some random guy <laughs> And then the trailer also ends with what we've been discussing. It's just a clip of Big Red and he says, Hi, I'm Ashley's <laughs> boyfriend and I'm bi. And then, I don't know. Then I, at the beginning like, of the season, I'm thought maybe Ricky was going to be bi and have a relationship with Jet, but he just has a strong desire to mentor a fellow not theater kid. But it's, 
I'm glad that there is a bisexual man <laughs> in the show. Yeah. And I'm glad I that it's explicitly that Big Red. It would have been a better season if Ricky was exploring his sexuality. Yeah, it was just limited. Like, it's interesting to do, but it's just, like, limiting with the character who's in a relationship. Like, th- there's... Yeah. I'm not discrediting the experience of, disc- like, the, the internal work of discovering your bisexuality, but, you know, in a visual media, I just wish that it could have been manifested in actions and not just in, like, noticing fireworks or whatever. Like, like it just was all, especially because they don't, like, talk a lot. Like, it's not like a lot of people are working through this language and she's, like, trying to find her identity. It's, like, it's only said the word bisexual is only said like twice in the whole season yeah so you really have to be like paying attention to the not that i think it's like going over people's heads but it's just not like it it, yeah it's it's not a particularly compelling bisexuality storyline even though it is one and i think that's great yeah um but then so the everyone leaves except for leaves Ricky and, and Gina. Gina. And Gina's, Gina's like, <laughs> you're not a maybe. You're a certainty. You're always like the opposite of the stuff I said to EJ that you didn't hear. So you have no context for why I'm saying this weird yeah. stuff. And he's like, what? It's just like and then she. <laughs> so dramatic of a profession of love. Out of kind of nowhere. I mean, like, they've had all these little moments throughout the season, but, like, it's a little full-on. And Yeah, then... and she ends it by just being like, so, okay, I've told you how I'm feeling. I'm going to leave unless you stop me, which, like, ballsy. <laughs> and then he grabs her, and he's like, don't get me started. And then they kiss. <laughs> and I was like, this is funny. I like whenever someone will say, don't get me started, but, like... I don't know. It's very <laughs> random. It feels, yeah. yeah. It's not and even like, a, it's not something yeah. I wouldn't want. I did, like, the no, shape yeah. of the season made sense just... to me that those two would end up together, but it happened, like, one month later in such a sort of, like, weird, hackneyed way is, uh, like, not yeah. an exciting way to end. Yeah. But I hope they do a good job of Aida or whatever they're doing next year. <laughs> I don't know. Well, do you know what the premises next year no i'm i don't even know if they've picked are they picked up for a fourth yes you're gonna freak out just kidding you probably won't care (laughs) (laughs) they're filming a high school musical four or some reunion on at the school and they Mm -hmm. all get to be extras so corbin blue is returning um what's her name i don't think so no, I can't remember if her name is Taylor or Monique, and which uh, is Monique the Coleman act- plays Taylor yes. McKessie. Yes, she'll she'll be back. They're trying to get Vanessa Hutchinson's Zac Efron back, but that those hasn't feel been like harder gets yet. than Ashley Tisdale. Ashley Tisdale's just waiting to be called on. She Lucas really Gabriel is. already came back. I know. Well, I don't know, but yeah, they just keep getting more and more meta. Well, that's which, fun. That'll yeah. be fun. I don't mind it. I don't think that it went too far. Nick was very, like, apprehensive about them making a documentary yes, about those I things. Did, I didn't it, mind it, it at all. It didn't go too far. But it, it's, yeah. I think it was weirder as a concept than in execution. That's fair. I like, the, I think that the initial pitch, I think season one 
was a similarly wacky sort of pitch for a concept. Like, yes. it, it, season My two issue. just lost the thread a little bit. So I like that three and it seems yeah. like four are back on being, like, a little bit more referential. My issue was, like, season one, it's like, yes, this makes sense. It's a mockumentary because they're going to the school where High School Musical was filmed and doing High School Musical the musical. Then it's like, now this camera crew is just following them around, but also they're gonna be in another documentary and then they're like oh this documentary is gonna make us famous i'm like you're already on a documentary like i don't know how meta are we gonna get i don't know they don't acknowledge that they're on a documentary anymore they just do talking heads and are constantly being filmed. You know, not every mockumentary needs to, like, be playing with form so much, I don't think. Like, I think it's fun when, like, I've, I'm never like, Leslie, nope, why aren't you on top of them to release the series that they've been filming you in, you know? like. Yeah, I know, but that's because, like, Parks and Rec never, like, plays with the form. But they do talking heads the whole time. I think that this first season of High School Musical, the musical, the series did not have any element. Like there was no moment where the kids were like, and this is a documentary that could really be our start. Like they chose not to play with that in season one. I guess. So I think like it makes sense for this. They just sort of said like whatever this mockumentary is, it doesn't matter to them. Like they don't feel like this is something that could launch their careers. Not, Not a single character. Not even Miss Jen is like yeah that's true also if you're watching this you can contact my representation at this you know, <laughs> like, like <laughs> so like so that on that being an un just like a constant of the format of the show means that it's not too disruptive to me for the, there to be like oh but they're making a documentary about us that could like it would yeah, have been weirder to me if they cared more about the in show my mind i thought it was gonna be too much and then it wasn't yeah they don't really play up the mockumentary within a mockumentary. Yeah. Yeah, All I right. don't know. I th- oh, oh, sorry. More to say? I don't know. I thought we would, like, have some final thoughts just about Go the ahead. show. But I don't know what I was going to say. Just that <laughs> I have mixed feelings. That I think it's... I had a good time, but I also had a bad time. <laughs> I watched it while sick, so it was, like, a fine use of my day. It didn't require much of my brain. It didn't satisfy me. You know, I, I wasn't like, it, but it. I thought it was better than season two, but mostly because I don't really yeah. remember what happened in season two. Season one, season it felt like season one good. to me, where it was like, this is fine. Like, these are talented kids. I appreciated that there were so many, like, young black kids in this season who were really getting to, like, belt out great solos. Mm-hmm. Or, I think you know, actually, in the case of Gina, just, like, softly sing a little thing. One. What? I said, I actually think I liked this more than season one, just because I think, like, and, like, during season one, it's, like, I didn't have, like, any feelings about Olivia Rodrigo, so I didn't mind that it was all about her, but now the, the, like, figure that she is in pop culture, I was, like, happy to have a season that was all about other people, and, like... I don't remember where I was starting with this. I like Joshua Bassett a lot more than I did. I think that he's been growing as an actor throughout the seasons. and Yeah, and the I, characters have grown, I too. I like all the characters the have just siblings. become, like, better and smarter. Yeah. I think that, 
it was worth it for moments like Elton John for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I have no regrets about watching it. It's not something I would like recommend to people, especially because it's the third season of a show where I think the second season is not good. And I think yeah, the first season true. is just about as good. Like if you watch the first season and you don't love it, don't watch the third. But it similarly is like, like there's some truthful representation, I think, of like young theater kids and young camp kids in both the first and third seasons here. And also some just like shenanigans that are just light. Like it's just like popcorn, you know, it's like there's no, mm-hmm. it's not like, oh, that's prickly or bad. It's just like, okay, whatever. They're yeah. siblings. Okay, she's good at stagecraft. Oh, who cares? <laughs> Courtney has anxiety, but she does a good performance. You know, like there's never any stakes to the yeah show. The kids true. are so talented. The audition sequence in both, you know, there's no High School Musical. The original has those kids who are terrible at audi- like at auditions, and here every child is a star. The dancing, you know, the background dancers are just like back flipping off of each other. You know, <laughs> so it's just like. There is a, a an elevatedness and a loftiness to this that makes it like not very substantial, but it's fine. It's fun. Yeah, the characters are sweet. I agree with all of that. All right. The end. That's our discussion of. I was high talking about a TV show. I'm sure it was longer than it should have been, and probably not our best episode. But I'm glad we did it. It was only an hour and a half. I really thought this would be like by far our longest episode but it's not even as long as our dear evan hansen episode <laughs> that's true well we were really on it i i'm glad i'm glad it's not our longest episode <laughs> me too and with that let's wrap it up <laughs> okay well goodbye next week we'll Bye. watch something thanks else thanks for listening it's true we will watch something <laughs> there'll be a movie next, next time <laughs> all right Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> this is real. This is me. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be now. Gonna let the light shine on me. Now I found who I am. There's no way to hold it in. No more hiding who I wanna be. This is me. Shut up, shut up.